Welcome to North Village Church. Go ahead and find a seat. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. And this morning we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab one at the back. If you're a guest here this morning, we, please take home our devotional. This is where we're going as a church family between now and August 2022, and, and uh, I mean, we, we want you to take that home as our, as our gift to you. And then this Friday, we are going to celebrate Christmas Eve for the first time in our new space, so please come. Yeah, get, get, it, get it on your calendar and uh, bring a friend. Uh, we will not be meeting next Sunday, so this is the last worship service for 2021, and so you're going to want to come uh, this Friday. Really encourage you to do that. And then we have tablets we pass to the aisle. Renee, maybe you can grab this one on the front row. Uh, we've got a couple of gaps there. And this is just, if you're a part of our church family, use that drop-down menu if you're new here this morning. Whatever information you're comfortable with, we want to make it as easy as possible for you to learn about what Jesus is doing at North Village Church. This week I was reminded of how much the Lord can do in a year. This time last year, uh, we were meeting at Cumberland Presbyterian Church, which is a, a, a body of people that don't even exist anymore, in a, in a building that's been uh, repurposed, and, and uh, the idea of being able to move into this space was, I mean, a pipe dream, like at this time last year, uh, and, and I'm reminded of like how much the Lord can do in a year. Like that, literally, like last year, we walked in on Sunday mor morning, and all of our equipment was scattered throughout the whole property. So we spent the whole morning just trying to get set up to host a worship service. I mean, you remember this time last year, COVID was at an all-time high. Politically, we were all over the place, and then now, like, we get to walk into this on a Sunday morning, like, oh my gosh, like, I know not every problem in the world has been solved, but man, what a difference a year can make. What a difference the Lord can do. And so I just want to remind us of that right as we, as we kick off. Like, we're talking about love uh, this morning, but I don't want us to forget the hope we have in Jesus, because it's possible you're walking in all right, we're still going through a lot right now, and you could be walking in just discouraged. You could be walking in fatigued. You could be walking in kind of losing some hope and optimism about life. And I just want to start off reminding us of the hope we have in Jesus. Like, we just, we can't underestimate what the Lord can do tomorrow. You just don't know. You do not know what the Lord might do tomorrow. And I just want to remind us of that. I want to remind us of the type of hope and optimism that we have in life because of Jesus. And the reason we have that hope, it's not just like a Hallmark card hope. The reason we have hope and optimism in life is because of his love. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning in 1 John chapter 4. Uh, the love that we have in Jesus. And we're going to Hit these three key points in 1 John chapter 4. Why is love important? How do we love one another practically? We're just going to get into it. And what about fear, right? So let's kick off this first one. Why is love important? We, we want you to grab a pen, get that devotional. We want you to, we're going to dig into God's word. We're not here to hear from Michael this morning, we're here to get into God's word because there's power in God's word. And, and we don't want just God's word today. We want, 
We want it every day. That's why we got these devotionals. So, man, get into Scripture with me. We're going to look at verses 7 and 8. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says this, Beloved, let's love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So, 1 John is written by John, it's the kind of insight you get at North Village Church. John writes the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then Revelation. And, and John is one of Jesus' closest friends. Jesus is walking on earth. John spends time with him. He hears from Jesus. He sees the miracles. His life is changed by Jesus. And John spends the rest of his life proclaiming the name of Jesus. In 1 John, John is writing to a people, kind of like us, people that didn't see Jesus, didn't see him physically, and, and they're discouraged. And John is writing to encourage them, right? Because sometimes we can get discouraged, right? We, we didn't get to walk with Jesus physically, and, and life is hard, and we know that we've been made new in Jesus, but sometimes we don't feel new in Jesus. Sometimes we feel really old in Jesus, right? Sometimes old things kind of creep back into our lives, and we get discouraged, and so John is writing to encourage them, and in chapter 4, he says, Beloved, let's love one another for explanation. Love is from God. So just right out of the gate, John is modeling that love in the opening words. He refers to them as beloved, right? That he is emotionally, relationally connected with these people. He's not just like a magazine article, you know, just that they're reading. This is, he's emotionally, relationally connected to them, beloved. What if I started kind of introducing that into my language? But dearly beloved, wouldn't that be fun? Like Prince, we are gathered here today. Do you hear? Do you see Jeffrey playing that electric guitar? Oh, that was good. Like Prince, right? But in verses seven and eight, we see John is emotionally, relationally invested in the lives of these people. And then second, John isn't just giving them a generic charge like, "Hey, you know, aspirational poster on the wall, love one another," but that charge is rooted in truth. Love one another for love is from God. You see that? What an important reminder for us in 2021 to remember that love wasn't invented by Oprah. Love is from God. I mean, right now, I feel like we're talking about love maybe more than any point in human history. Love, 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 love. And everybody has a different opinion of what it means to love. Have you noticed that? Like, you know, if you love somebody, you would speak up and you would say something. And then the next person can say, no, 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 no. If you love somebody, you'd be quiet. Keep to yourself. No, no, nobody needs to know everything you're thinking. You know, you would draw back. Which one is it? So if you love somebody, you would wear a mask. Oh, that's personal, right? If you... <laughs> No, if you love some people, you wouldn't require them to wear a mask. Like, don't you see? Which one is it? I thought it was loving. Wait, if you love somebody, you would vote for that candidate. How could you not vote for that candidate if you love people? No, 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 if you love people, you wouldn't. 
Nobody should vote for that candidate. If you love people, you're just like, ah. everybody's talking about love. Which one is it? Verse 7, love is from God. Verse 8, God is love, which means human beings can't manufacture love. You don't know God, you don't know love. God is love. You, you can't mass produce love in a gigabyte factory with Tesla. You get love, you get love, you get love. <laughs> We've obviously not been able to educate people to be loving people. That hasn't worked. He says God is love. The only way we know love is to know God because God is love. And it is in Jesus that the love of God isn't just declared. It's in Jesus the love of God isn't just thoughts and emotions put out into the cosmos. But in Jesus, the love of God is demonstrated. God is love. By stepping out of the heavens taking on flesh and entering into human history. Jesus, it's demonstrated. Merry Christmas. This is why we, we decorate for Christmas, that God is love, not just declared, but demonstrated. Does that make sense? In Jesus, the love of God has become personable. In Jesus, the love of God it's not just a thought. The love of God has become knowable. Like I think about when my wife and I, you know, when we started dating, I, we didn't know each other. I mean, she knew about me. You know, I mean, I, my reputation surpassed me, right? She, <laughs> you know, whispers on the campus as I walked by. But she didn't know me until I walked up to her. And I'm like, hey, my name is. And then, and then we went and we sat down and we went on a date. And, and, and we shared stories. We shared experiences with one another. I, we, I took her to extravagant restaurants like Taco Bell. And I said, baby, anything, anything you want, I got you. Like, that she knew the train was taken off. She wanted to get on it. I mean, that, that we, we began to experience each other. We began to know each other. That's what verse 7 and 8 are teaching us, that if we, if we want to have a chance of loving one another, right, of knowing what it looks like to love in 2021, the only way is to know God, to know Jesus, where it's, it's been clearly declared and demonstrated. We'll keep going in verses 9 and 10. Why is love so important? He says, by this, the love of God was revealed in us that God has sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In verse 10, we see the word propitiation. And the word propitiation isn't probably a word that we talk a lot about around Christmas, right? But it, the word is so important because the word propitiation helps us to understand the depth, the gravity of God's love. 
The word propitiation means to satisfy God's wrath. Write that in your notes. Write that in your Bible. You want to remember that. Propitiation means to satisfy God's wrath. So in verse 10, in this is love, not that we love, but that he loved and sent his son to take God's wrath upon himself at the cross to be our propitiation. Right? Verse 10 is teaching us that God's love isn't just a catchphrase. It's not just a nice sentiment that we send out, we put on a bumper sticker. But God's love is demonstrated by Jesus, not only taking on flesh and drawing near, but also Jesus laying down his life at the cross to take our injustice Our offenses, our pain, our wickedness, our evil, our lying and gluttony and shame and putting it to death at the cross. He satisfied God's wrath. That's Jesus. That's why John writes in the Gospel of John chapter 15, there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friend. To lay down your life. Jesus not only laid down his life for his friend, he laid down his life for his enemies. He became our propitiation. He satisfied God's wrath. Let's talk about love practically. That's why love is so important. Let's talk about why Love it. What does it look like practically? How do we love one another, especially in 2021? Let's look at verses 11 and 12. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected. In us, so it's possible you're reading verses 11 and 12 along with me, and you're like, How's this practical? That's how's this helpful at all? That's really confusing, right? Listen, God's word knows as soon as we read the phrase, Love one another, verse 7, love one another. Human beings, what do we do? We think to ourselves, I'm gonna go out and love some people. I'm, I'm excited, right? We, some people are hurting, where's how can I love them, right? Get them some cookies, hug them. Get them a present, take them out to lunch. Like God's word knows our practical impulse is to try to run out the door and try to do it. And so verses 11 and 12 are teaching us we must see that our love for one another, if we are going to practically love one another, that it must begin with personal saving faith in Jesus. Do you see that in verse 12? Verse 11, love one another. Verse 12, if we're going to love one another, God remains in us. Huh? How's that happen? His love is perfected in us. How does that happen? How does God's love get inside of us? How how does God's love perfect us? The answer is Jesus. That's the question for us this morning is that each of us, would do some self-examination of our soul and ask ourselves this morning, have I believed in Jesus? That's an honest question. Do I, do I know Jesus? Have I met Jesus? He's personable. He's knowable. That's what we talked about earlier. Do I know him? 
Have Have I admitted that love is not in me? And the only way I'm going to become a loving person is if I turn to Jesus and trust in him. Have you done that? I'm not talking about like going to church. I'm not talking about believing in a certain political system or stop doing things and start doing things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do you know him? He's knowable. I met him when I was 18 years old. He changed my life. I, I, I definitely uh, did not deserve his love. I was not a loving person. Nobody would have described me that way. And yet, when somebody shared with me who Jesus is, his life, death, and resurrection, and I admitted that I need, and I turned, and I put my trust in him, he ch- changed me, changed my life. He took all my, my, my wickedness. Yeah, my heart is wicked. My evil thoughts, the things I've said, the things I've done. He took all that, the shame, all the stuff in the past, present, and future. And in that moment, he squashed it at the cross. He conquered it in the resurrection. And he changed my life so that each of us this morning, right where you are right now, you need to ask, have you met him? You need to meet him right now and trust in Jesus. Like, stop listening to me and start talking to him and believe in Jesus. Do that. Because the only way we're going to know love is in Jesus. God is love. And our world right now, our culture right now is talking about love. Talking about equality. Talking about injustice. And the only way it's going to happen It's through faith in Jesus because God is love. Because think about it practically. I mean, it's great that our culture is waking up to this idea of being kind. That's great. (laughs) But as long as we're trying to be kind through our human efforts, it's never going to work. Because we're always going to be partial on some level. We're going to show bias on some level. We're going to be, we're human beings. We're going to be inconsistent on some level. It doesn't matter if women rule the world or if people of color or whatever your answer, like political system, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be a cycle of falling short so that over and over the injustice just keeps happening. It's only in Jesus. Trust in him. That's where it starts practically, to loving one another. He keeps going in verses 13 and 14. By this we know that we remain in him and he in us because he has given to us his spirit. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. When we turn to Jesus and trust in him, we are reconciled, right? We are We are absent of love. We are separated because of our sin. And then through faith in Jesus, his spirit comes to live inside us. We are made right, right? Look at that in verse 13. We are indwelled with his Holy Spirit. We are made clean. He comes and lives inside you and me. The reason we are indwelled with his spirit is so that we might receive his love, we've been talking about, and share his love with others, right? If you want to 
catchphrase this morning, something to write in your notes, you can write down this. God's love is something you know and something you show. Doesn't that sound good? You put that in a commercial. God's love is something you know and it's something you show, right? And the best place for us to show our love to one another, it's in the local church. That's what John's writing. He's writing to a group of men and women and children just like us. Beloved, this is where it starts. Beloved, love one another. That's the invitation for us. If we're going to love, we're going to experience God's love and then show God's love to one another, it's, it's not through social media. That's not where it's going to happen, right? It's not through our politics, but it's in the context of, of the local church. Listen, I, I know it, the local church is messy. Right? I mean, that's kind of our, that's kind of the entry fee is messiness. Because we all admit we're sinners. And if you get more than one of us in a room, <laughs> it's a possibility. Doesn't mean it's okay. It is absolutely not acceptable. It's, it's going to be messy. But that doesn't negate the best context, the best possibility, the best place for us to love one another. It's, it's in our relationships with the local church. When I think about it in my life personally, I have received the love of Christ from the body of Christ in ways that I could never express. I mean, it's absolutely changed my life. It's, it's in the local church where, where people sat down with me and they taught me how to read the scriptures. They taught me how to study the scriptures. They taught me how to communicate God's word. I, I, they, they weren't getting paid. They didn't gain. It wasn't beneficial. They woke up early. They stayed up late. And they came alongside me to help me understand God's word. They loved me. They invited me into their homes. Like, not just one. Like, it's been a pattern in my life in the local church to break bread with one another, to, to share a meal with, with one another. Nobody got rewards. Nobody got points. You know, there was no compensation. It was, it was just because they loved me, and they listened to me whine, and, and they listened to me complain, and they listened, you know, it was not fun always for them, and yet they did it. And it's, it's had incredible influence on my life. It's in the body of Christ coming alongside me to teach me about practical things like money. Michael, this is how you make a budget. Michael, this is how you stay to a budget. This is how you stay on budget. This is how you spend money. It's how you avoid going into debt. This is how you use money effectively. This is how you buy groceries. This is why you turn off lights when you leave a room because it makes the electricity bill go up. And I was like, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Okay, thank you. I mean, that's love, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about just waving to each other on a Sunday morning and being like, love you. Like, we're talking about coming alongside one another and helping us mature and grow in Christ. They help me relationally. I know you're impressed with my relational skills today, but it didn't happen by magic. <laughs> they, somebody taught me, hey, you need to look some people in the eye. You need to shake their hand. You need to follow through. You need to send a thank you note. You need to persevere. Michael, you don't quit. 
but they did this, you don't quit. But they did this, you don't quit. You lean in, you keep showing up. It's the body of Christ that taught me, that loved me enough to have those hard conversations. It's the body of Christ that came alongside me and cast a vision for my life. My vision for my life was just seeking my pleasures and my comforts, and they said, this is what your purpose in life looks like now in Christ. It's not about the American dream. Michael, the American dream is too small to give your life to the American dream. It's about his kingdom. Michael, it's too, too small just to live for maxing out a credit card so you can get that item so a year you can give it away or throw it away because you don't even know why you bought it. But instead, lifting my eyes to his kingdom and living for him. The body of Christ loved me practically enough to have those hard conversations to help me grow and mature. The best context for us to love one another is in the context of the local church. Right? Anyone can send out love on social media. <laughs> Come on. Anybody can go find their four to six best friends who look like them, talk like them, educated like them, believe like them, and vote like them, and say, these are the people that I love. Are you kidding? It's just self-love. It's self-love. It's in the context of the local church that we're around one another, and we say to ourselves, well, that's different. That's uncomfortable. I don't know what I think about that. And God's word commands love one another it's not a suggestion it's a command it's not always fun it's not always convenient it's not always comfortable it's not always people that are easy and yet it's a command love one another is it perfect no Only the love we have in Christ is going to be perfect. And yet scripture still calls us. You don't quit. You love one another. Let's look at our last sub point. What about fear? You read 1 John 4 on your own, uh, you're going to see him talking about love, loving one another over and over. So we're going to skip down to verses 18 and 19. I'm not trying to skip something because it, it's, it's just the, it's the same thing over and over. And then verse 18 and 19, he writes, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because, our, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So verses 18 and 19, you see this charge. There's no fear in God's love, and, and I'm, I imagine that most of us here this morning are like, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, just like, that's a good bumper sticker, right? It's great to embroider it on a pillow, but what does that look like practically? And so here's my best attempt to try to draw out what this looks like practically. And it reminds me of when we were kids, and at some point, mom and dad would leave us at home, at home alone, right? You get old enough, they say, hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store, you're by yourself, Make it happen. All right? We were always so excited. we get those moments. We knew the rules. And then at some point, we took shortcuts, right? 
We were like, the rules don't apply, so we started kicking the ball in the house. We lit something on fire. We broke something. We did something. We crossed the line. Something goes wrong. And immediately, we know to ourselves, what? Oh, no. Better clean that up. So we put out the fire, right? We super glue the lamp back together. We, we sweep it up. We wipe it down. We try to give the appearance. It didn't happen. And then at some point, the car pulls into the driveway. At some point, mom and dad come home. At some point, the, the, the door handle jiggles. And there's that pit in our stomach like, oh, my gosh, they're going to find out, Right? Right, We all know that, that feeling. What Scripture is describing in verses 18 and 19 is that our relationship with Jesus is different. Like, we, like We're called to love one another, but the relationship we have with God of Scripture because of Jesus is different. Because there's no fear in that relationship. Like We all know at some point we're going to cross the line. We're going to ignore the scriptures. We're, 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 we're going to wander off on our own. We're going to do what we want to do. We're not going to love one another like God's word commands us to love one another. We all know that's going to happen. And what scripture is teaching us in verses 18 and 19 is that when that happens, there's no fear. Because we were in Christ. And there's no fear because the punishment has already been taken. There's no fear because he knows. He knows the past, present, and future. He knows about our shame and our pain, the things we've thought, said, and done, and he squashed it. He's our propitiation. He satisfied the wrath. And so we're in Christ. We know we're going to wander at some point. And when that happens, there's no fear. Because we're in Christ, and that's never going to change. That's what verses 18 and 19 are teaching us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we put up lights, and we go to the mall, and we fight traffic, and we buy presents, and we cook hams, and we go to all the trouble because we are trying to remind our hearts and our minds all that we've been given in Christ. The day we celebrate that he came near, now, don't misunderstand that we are in Christ. It doesn't mean when we cross that line, there's not consequences. Don't misunderstand. It's not just warm fuzzies. When we cross that line, when we ignore God's word, there will be consequences. But we can be sure those consequences are never to be punitive. Right? Because he's already taken the punishment. The consequences are always to be restorative. That's what it's talking about in verses 18 and 19. We don't need to be afraid. He knows. He's already taken it. We're in Christ. That's what we're going to celebrate this morning with communion. We're going to celebrate the relationship we have in Christ. We're going to celebrate the love we have with one another. We're going to share a meal is that if you've yet to trust in Jesus, then we ask you to hold off. But if you have, then we ask you to come forward. The worship team is going to come up. They're going to lead us in music. And this is a time where we're celebrating the love that we have for one another. We're going to celebrate Christmas. 
we're going to celebrate the love we have in Christ, that we not only know it, but we get to show it. All right, so I'm going to pray. And then as you feel led, we're not going to dismiss you. You come on your own. You're going to dip that cracker in the juice. The, the cracker is a symbol of his body broken and beaten at the cross. The juice, a symbol of his blood poured out so that we can have life come. If you're not comfortable touching that cracker, you take these little portable communion cups, but come. Will you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this morning. What a time we get to live in history. What a time to be reminded of the hope and the love that we have in Christ. Father, I confess I need that reminder. I get discouraged. I want to quit. I want to give up. And it is the hope we have in Christ that he puts his hand on our lives for eternity that we can't quit, we can't give up. So Father, I pray that that's what every one of us would feel today, that we would feel the hand of Christ drawing us together, the hand of Jesus wrapping his arms around us, the spirit of Christ whispering into our ears that he's with us, that he loves us, that he knows us, that he wants us. And Father, that's what we would walk forward in, that's what we would celebrate. When we dip that juice in that, that cracker in that juice, that's what would fill our hearts and our eyes and our minds today. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.